0: Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. The men's accessories marketplace. Head on over to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. They've got tons of stuff over there, whether it's gift set boxes. They've got Marvel ones. I'm looking at right now captain america shields baby they have style from a galaxy far far away star wars game of thrones any of the geeky stuff and of course the classic styles that you've grown to love go over to cufflinks.com dvr today welcome back to daily dvr Today, we have a very special show. I know you all have been uh, listening to us cover Loki and Mindhunter and TV shows for the past couple months, and it's been a while since I've had the opportunity to have an artist on and to have a person on to just kind of have a discussion about art and creativity since that's really what this podcast is about. And we're always talking about the things that people create. I like to take the opportunity to talk to the creators. And today I have a guest that fits that bill. It's a person that I've been following for a while on Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, all the social medias. He's got a great uh, website called Beyond the Tripod. He is a nature and wildlife photographer as well as an event photographer. Based out in my old stomping ground, North Carolina. His name is Tom Santini. And welcome to the show, Tom.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, i forward to talking to
0: Great to have you, man. I know we've been following each other on the socials for a long time. And I recently kind of got back into photography. And I have been a fan of your work. And I know that you have wanted to kind of get out there and talk more about what you do and share that with people. Um, And I was a cameraman and an editor, as people know, for, I mean, I've been shooting a camera since I was 12. So we're going on many decades there and an editor for almost 20 years. But the one thing I never did was straight photos. And I always wanted to do nature. Um so I like to kind of talk about that and get into what you do, but maybe we can start out with a little introduction about, you know, where you're from, who you are, and basically how you got started in photography.
1: Okay. Well, I'm rich my name's Tom Santini. I'll be sixty two in October. Um Originally, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. I lived in Michigan for 51 years. Then we moved out here to eastern North Carolina 10, 10, a little over 10 years ago, because we have a granddaughter who's born here and lives here. So we, she's our only grandchild. So we moved here to be closer instead of doing a 12 and a half hour ride every 10 (laughs) weeks to come see her. And so... That's how we ended up here. Um, I got in photography a long time ago. I've always been an outdoorsman, hunted and fishing and stuff. And so slowly the camera replaced my guns, you know, because I like uh, showing people what I see, you know, like out in the woods and stuff, because a lot of people, they don't understand what it is. It's Photography is basically hunting with a camera. Yeah. But um, 12 years ago, almost well, going to be 12 and a half years ago when my granddaughter was born, I said, you know, I need an, I need a new camera. And I got me a digital digital camera and started messing around with it and it says I got to be able to, you know, record her Growing up and stuff because yeah. we weren't seeing her all the time, you know? Yeah. So we got to have some kind of memories because, you know, everybody nowadays, they got their cell phone. And what do they <laughs> do with their cell phone? Take pictures. But what do they do with those pictures? They're stuck on their cell phone. When yeah. they get a new one, they get deleted. So I like to
0: Or they're in the cloud pictures. that you can never access. They're they're yes. some they're out there somewhere. You try to download it and it like it's like, wait, you have to download you can't do it on your phone. You have to there's not enough space here. You have to do it there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then you gotta figure out which ones to delete <laughs> so you can keep. So I print a lot of stuff to keep records of it and stuff. Yeah. Besides have digital, digitally backed up i have actual prints and um that's i tell people that's printing is so important and uh not to get off track but last month my sister's my wife's sister passed away she was 65 years old Mm -hmm. and my wife comes to me and she goes she told her sister told her that she had a favorite picture of them together, and that was her favorite picture of all times so of those two together. So my wife said, "You got to find this picture." Well, I look. I I couldn't tell you. Well, this computer, this uh, laptop I have now. I just looked on my Lightroom the other day. In the last. Last year, I think I have forty-two thousand pictures in my Light Lightroom um, wow. catalog, and that's that's good stuff. That's not I don't keep I, I delete stuff that I don't you know use or save for the print and stuff. And well, I got eight external hard drives that are two terabyte and five terabyte, and I have I think eighty um disc with pictures on I spent I probably spent 24 hours looking for that picture mm. I couldn't find it come to find out my wife found it in a box of pictures it was taken by somebody <laughs> else <laughs> so, but that shows you how important yeah. a picture is yeah. you know and stuff that if you didn't if I didn't have it you know if i if I took it and didn't have it you know or tossed it out or something it'd be gone forever there'd be no way to recreate that
0: yeah oh you physical know? media is so important and i know at beyondthetripod.com uh your website you have a blog post about physical media that i shared on our facebook page for daily dvr and it's something that i'm always talking about and espousing for exactly the reason you're talking about, we have gone from this scarcity where you would only have a couple of photos of your family, right, that might get handed down. Most oftentimes we hear of this like in an old family Bible or marriage certificate mm-hmm. or death. Deser- they tuck the family photos, you know, and you'd have one or two of them. Now we're faced with And really, our society is faced with an issue of way too much information and way too many photos and pictures. And I think that the thing about physical media, and you hit on something here about um, having so many hard drives but tossing work that you say, okay, I got the shot. I don't need the 50,000 shots that led up to it, right? Um, Right. Which is physical when you print something or when you make an actual physical copy of it, whether it's a DVD, a CD, a, a VHS, that's because that's the good one, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, you, yeah. you, it's not the special features, and it's like our lives have become crowded by the special features instead of the main thing. So, mm-hmm. It's hard to tell, and I think that happens in general. And that's why I love your photography, and I see your dedication to it. Um, Which is, it's sometimes it's hard to tell in the world, and you see that the the idea of what quality is, right? What what true art is, what it, the amount of effort and intention and energy that you put into something is not apparent to as many people as i feel like it used to be we reach a wider audience but the message is diluted and Mm -hmm. i think that um that's that's something that we can talk more about but that process of like uh like what who was it um was it burroughs who said that killing your babies When you, when you throw away, when you edit a story, he was talking about Mm -hmm. writing, but Mm -hmm. it's the same thing as like when I've done, I've shot so many videos and I have alternate versions that I liked, but I went in a different direction. Right. But I can't, if you show everybody 18 versions of something, it's not the one. How Mm -hmm. do you make that decision? Is it, it's just, it's feel, right? Like, I mean, you just know that's, you look at it and you know, that's what I intended to show people. That's what I wanted to express or find, right. really.
1: Yeah. Well, see, like on uh, Facebook and stuff, when I, sh- I was, I, I just tried something like the last couple weeks. On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'd been sharing one one, one image on Instagram and then sharing that same image on Facebook to see how many people look at them, you know, and stuff. And there's, you know, sometimes if they see that one, they don't, you know. But two, if you ever go back and look at my Facebook posts, you never see more than 15 or 20 images. I won't put more in that. I see people that put, you know 50 images up I'll get to 15 20 and I I lose interest I'm sorry yeah, yeah. I don't ma- I don't yep. care how good the images are I just don't want you know am I at a slideshow presentation <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: no it's true cuz you think about it what happens if there were 40 versions of the Mona Lisa it wouldn't be the right. Mona Lisa you know what I mean like um it's it's it, you know starry night if he did, you know, if Van Gogh was like, "Hey, I want to do an alt version with Michael Jackson in the corner," on a branded no, but you know what I mean. Like, it, you're right; it, yeah. it does lose, and it's that's so interesting. So you st- you got let's bring it back around. So you got it okay. into you got. You were you were a photographer but you got back into it and really kind of dedicated to yourself with buying a, the new equipment when your granddaughter.
1: Yeah, see I did it to, you know, uh originally just for family stuff. I was originally I was I was a carpenter. Okay. I retired in 2006 as a carpenter and um I got into uh knife making and I used to make custom knives, you know, and then when we, I had a built a shop behind my house in Michigan and stuff. But then when we moved down here, down South, you know, it's, it's so hot that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then everybody down here and his cousin makes nice out of lawnmower blades. And here I'm making high dollar custom knives, you know, and it's kind of, it's like trying to go, you know, having a beer budget, wanting to buy champagne, you know, yep, you can't, yep. it don't work, Yeah, you know, and anyways, I just got with the wildlife around here, you know, I just like, man, I'd rather, I'd rather be outside. I've always wanted to be outside. You know, that was so nice. What being a, Carpenter. When I started out, yeah. I started out building houses, so I was always outside. But then, in the winter time came in Michigan, cold and ice, and it's like that's when I got in the shop. And then I worked in a shop building displays for auto shows. So that always taught me, you know, um, doing the auto shows, we built displays for the cut, you know, for the new model auto, you know, for the went all the way around the United States and stuff. So that always taught me about fit finish how stuff's supposed to look you know what people what people see what's going to their eyes go to first and stuff yeah and so that was kind of a like a turning point like I say and then I started carrying the camera more for hunting you know and stuff because I'm like wow you know there's a lot of stuff in the woods that people people don't see you know out in the fields, woods, you know, lakes, streams, wherever, you know. Yeah, definitely. So,
0: so, but it's when you got when when you got the new equipment and got into digital when you're when you moved and when you were taking photographs of your granddaughter, did you was that when you started to do the nature photography when you were in North Carolina?
1: I've always done a little bit of. Nature, because like I say, I like to be out outside, you know, and stuff. But see, when I got our granddaughter was two before we moved here, so the first two years learning to can, I went to do any kind of the charge for doing any photography work in Michigan. You had to be um, you had to go to the the college and take certain classes to get a certificate oh. of photography. Interesting to do work. To get paid you know and stuff and so that you know all those cl- i forget how many classes i had to take but that kind of you know led me down totally to wildlife oh, you know i do do portraits and yeah. stuff you know but my main i do a lot of events and i shoot portraits at events but my main uh passion or stuff is wildlife
0: that's you know? awesome. And I see you know, I really see when you tell me that you were a carpenter and then you found the interest in wildlife photography, I see a direct connection to that. Mm-hmm. I I and exact and the way you were describing too, just in your general work of whatever you're doing thinking about the final product, how it is presented to people, the artistry, that is in a sense, the image, right? You know, you're creating something physically and you're going out now into nature and finding it. And I think working with wood and we're, I don't know, I'm just a person who thinks, I find when I speak to most artists, whether they be Actors, filmmakers, musicians, whatever. I find them to be builders of some sort. Like I build Lego and I build models and I've just always like, I would do this when I was a kid. I would, instead of buying like the GI Joe, um, you know, big forts and stuff, I would build them Mm -hmm. out of cardboard and material I found in my house to the extent of like, I had elevators. I would use, you know, saran wrap to make a window, you know what I mean? Like thing, just using things around you. And I feel like that in a sense is it's, I don't know if I'm making the connection, right, but that's kind of what nature does. And when you see it, you feel that connection because nature is ever evolving, ever building, ever changing, even though it seems like nothing has changed to a lot of people If you know that plot of grass or that tree or that glade or whatever, you can see how it changes every minute or hour with the wind or the temperature or whatever, you know. So I see a deep connection to that. When you go out and on your blog, you have um, like, for instance, you set a goal of capturing images of an eagle.
1: Uh, yeah <laughs> that's kind of a thorn in my side right
0: now <laughs> yeah i wanted to you talk know, about if, that because i think that's that, what if I know what i think it. i know
1: what you're talking about my uh my uh pet project for this year is i want to catch like a series of like maybe five six images of the eagle coming down and catching a fish and i want to catch it each each frame you know a difference so i could Stitch them together so mm-hmm. you see them swooping down and getting it and stuff. Well, I went out not too long ago, and uh, I'm lucky because, like, 35 minutes from my house, there's a um, a commercial uh, catfish farm where they have all these ponds and they grow catfish. Wow. Well, they got uh, 30 resident eagles that live there. So I got permission to go on the property. I just got to call them. You know, and if it's if it's during a hunting season for like ducks or deer or turkey, I can't go on the property. And then I call, but I call them to see if I come on the property and make sure they're not in the ponds. You know, doing um, catch they get in there with waders and big nets and they catch these catfish for market and stuff. You know, and but anyways, I went out there a few weeks ago, and geez, it was hot, (laughs) and it was, it was. I got there a little too late and they were all sky high and all I got, I don't know. You might've seen my picture on Facebook where I says, all I got was butts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cause they were all flying back to the, the big trees, the nest, the nest for the most of the day and stuff, you know, but the Eagles, Eagles are one of my favorite birds to photograph. You know, I went a few years ago to um, Conowingo Dam in Maryland. And oh my God, we were there Thanksgiving day. We, uh, me and a buddy of mine, we went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think I shot minimum of a thousand images a day. Wow. (laughs) You know, and, uh, just the Eagles and stuff. And a lot of them are too far away. So you just, Delete them when you get home because you know when you look at the back of your camera, your screen's only three inches. Mm-hmm. You know you're like, oh, that's a great shot. No, you know even though you get to large it on there and you're looking at it like ah, detail looks good. Well, as soon as you get at home and you look it on your computer, like that's no good there's like a stick in a way there's, you know, <laughs> there's something else, you know, there's Oh, the back, there's a background, you know, like, Oh, there's a tree limb coming out of its head, you know, and stuff. And like, so you start calling them, you know, and, but I did end up with, you know, four days. I probably ended up with probably a thousand good images that I, I like. And I, but then what can I do if that was a thousand images of eagles, you know, yeah. It's like you can only put so many on your website or show them because, like I say, after 15, 20, I get bored, you know, looking at other people's mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So,
0: well, how do you feel about taking the images? Because we've talked about presenting them and people looking at them and how we have so much information and so much to look at, but how do you, what is, what keeps you coming back? What's your artistic motivation? Is there a type of, like I said, I've done a lot of uh, film work, a lot of video work where, and the thing that I became really good at and what I really enjoyed doing was naturalistic, handheld held stuff. So I enjoyed events. I enjoyed mm-hmm. shooting weddings and stuff like that because instead of the typical thing, I would try to make it into a movie. And I would follow them like a documentary. You know what I mean? Right. And even though... In the end, a lot of people didn't want like a, you know, a four hour documentary of them getting dressed. (laughs) Um, I still, the overall feeling came through because that was the style that I chose. When I look at your photos, I see a deep connection to nature and to animals and even your photos, I saw you took a series of photos of a lighthouse and okay. built and buildings that you've taken to. Obviously, there's a love you have of looking at these things. What, do, what what kind of feelings do you get when you're you took a thousand pictures? You might we might only get to see five or ten of them, but mm-hmm. how did you feel about the other nine hundred?
1: Oh, I. I feel great when I'm taking them, you know, it's like, I don't get bored taking them. It's like, you know, um, I'm not going to say memory cards aren't cheap because they're not cheap, but it's not film. Yeah. I mean, it's either easier to delete something than to not have something to process, you know, and I don't, if you look at my stuff, I don't um, Photoshop anything in or out. If I do, you've seen me a couple of times that I've changed the, uh, the sky or something, you know, and I'll put on the picture that I've replaced the sky. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. adding say if, you know, something in front of a bear or an Eagle or taking something out, like, no, I don't, I don't believe in it. You know, it's like, you know, then, then you're uh, you're not a photographer. You're a digital artist, you yep. know, because you're Photoshop and stuff. I hardly use Photoshop. I use my main uh, editing tool is Lightroom. Okay. You know. Yeah. So, but I don't. I mean, I do spot removal and stuff, or if there's. You know, I didn't clean my lens and, you know, there's yeah, a spot, I'm like, ah, you know, a sensor spot, like, dang it, man.
0: Yeah, you have to, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I know that there is a big um, movement or should I, I should say it's a point of contention in the, in photography community as it becomes in a little less so in video community, because we're so used to everything being fake. It's Hollywood after mm-hmm. all, <laughs> um, <laughs> even documentaries we know are my favorite documentarians to recreate, you know, when, if somebody, if somebody opens a door and there's cameras on either side and they act surprised when they meet each other, it's not real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when you're taking pictures of nature and your purpose is to communicate this love that you found originally hunting and you want to share that with people, right? What nature really is, give them, give them an opportunity To feel that way and be in that moment for a second, you want to try to present it clean. But the truth is that what equipment you're using, and I'd like to talk about that too, it is a representation. No photograph is reality. So you still... I'm, I'm sure that there still has to be some color adjustment, some brightness. But you still okay. want to try to get it as close to it as you – how do you feel about that? Do you choose equipment that you feel – we talked a little bit earlier about – you said, like, you wish your camera wasn't so full of all the video stuff. Right. <laughs> what Do you choose gear based on getting a more naturalistic image?
1: Yeah, I have different um, – Right now for doing, um, events and portraits, I have a a full frame camera. I'm a Nikon gear user. All my stuff's Nikon. Um, I use a D800, which is a full frame camera and full frame is, you know, as you know, is like the same size as 35, the old 35 millimeter, the sensor and stuff like that. Um, but for portraits and stuff, I use like a twenty four seventy lens, and I use that same lens and a seventy to two hundred for events. Those are my two only two yen lenses I'll use for portraits and um, events. But when it comes to um, wildlife, I have a D five hundred, which is a crop sensor, and but, well, you'll be able to say it, but this this is my camera. This is always on my desk next to me. This is my <laughs> D500 with a grip and a Nikon 200 to 500 lens on there. And uh, that is my wildlife. And I have a, a macro lens that I put on there for doing close-up work. Yeah. If I want to, you know, sometimes I'll get down and i do the mushroom. I like... Um, I know it sounds weird, but um, when the mushrooms are out, mm-hmm. it's like, man, you got to get up. <laughs> mushrooms are so cool, you know? Ah. And I'm not talking about
0: the ones. <laughs> Take, well, you, you know, can.
1: Even those ones are all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fungus among us. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. it's true. Mushrooms are fascinating, too. And and you're talking about, I've seen some of your images. And I've, in the past, because I, I am a fan of nature photography. The, the, the crevices and mm-hmm. what the, when you get close into the mushroom, it's an amazing structure and it brings yeah. to mind just how amazing nature is and how things are created and constantly building.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so cool too. Like, um, some, I haven't done any this year yet, but I love it when I'll see like a little bug or, um. Uh, And I'll be on a mushroom and I'll get them just so you could see the, the size, you know, gives Mm -hmm. you like a, you could visualize the size, you know, the size difference and stuff. You know, that's, what's nice too, about some wildlife, you know, you got, when you look at your background and stuff, like I was saying before, you don't want to look like there's a telephone pole coming out of an animal's head or something or out of its you know, rear end or something. And, um, so that's why sometimes you take a lot of pictures because when you're getting there, you're getting into, you know, you got an animal crossing or something, and you're just like snap, 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 you know, you know, it's almost like an automatic fire, just like, yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. And then, you know.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask it, we, too is do you do that where you just hold down?
1: Oh, yeah. And you just call get... it spray it, spraying and praying. Okay. You know? Okay. Because I'll I tell you what, do you know who uh, Scott Calbey is? No. It's Kelby Wan. He's he does all this uh um he's got all kinds of videos teaching stuff for photography oh, okay. and stuff. You should check him out. He's out of Tampa Bay. And he does uh well he's a professional photographer, but he's got a big business selling, you know, teaching people, you know, um Lightroom Photoshop and all this stuff and all kinds of books on cameras and stuff. But anyways he photographs um Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, and this this guy's a pro, and he's been around for a long time, and he'll tell you in a pro f- in a football game, he feels good if he gets one good image out of every ten.
0: Yeah, I, I would bet. That's
1: how. It's not that people think it's easy. You just go out there and you press the button. You know, it's like no, you have to. You know check the bat you know you have to have everything you know you got your exposure triangle you know you got your iso your shutter speed your aperture <laughs> you know?
0: and oh, the and the and your subject is not cooperating with you
1: oh that's uh, the, yeah that,
0: <laughs> that's the main thing right like when yeah. i was talking before the reason why i and i'm sure that you can uh, i would oh, think you would agree one of the reasons why i always loved um, shooting natural, like documentary style video. And the way I trained myself is I used to just show up places with a camera. So I would go to a party or a concert or anywhere and I would just have my video camera with me and I'd say, do you mind if I record? and And people would say no. And I mean, people would say, no, they don't mind. And then I would just yeah. make a movie in my mind and I'd walk through and then I'd say, hey, I'm going to follow this person, get a drink. And I was training myself for what eventually was a career. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons I liked it was because the subject was not cooperating. A bird is not going to stay in place if you ask it to. <laughs> no, Right. The no. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to score a first down. Yeah. They're not there to get your photograph, you know? Um, so I liked that challenge. I I, I like the idea. And I think it's something you bring up. People don't think about it. Being a photographer, videographer, cat, whatever you're, whatever art you're doing, painter, is about so much more than just that photo. It's all the work that went in to get there. Right. You right. know? and that includes stuff that happens after.
1: Yeah, and people don't realize it's like I don't go to a zoo to take pictures. My wildlife are out in the wild and I study, you know, like like I said before like being a hunter, you know, I know what what berries or what what's growing and what they eat. You know, so you Mm. kind of figure out, okay, this is a season. They're going to be over here or they're going to be over here. With wildlife photography, there's never a guarantee you're going to see anything. Yeah. You know, but when you do, you know, hopefully the stars align and you got all your, you know, your muscle memory together to get all your settings right and stuff and the sun The sun's right behind you, you know, and stuff. So you can get the image, you know?
0: Yeah. It's that 10,000 hours thing, right? Where it just becomes automatic and you're in that moment and you know, Mm -hmm. do you often have to wait a very long time to, for an animal to appear?
1: Sometimes you never, you know, um, like I say, there's no guarantee, um, a lot of times when I go out, I'll go out with this, this friend of mine and we'll leave. Where we go, this, one of the spots we go for uh, bears and stuff and the alligators is two and a half hours away. So if, first, if the sun comes up at 6.30, we're there at 6 o'clock. So that means we're leaving at 3.30 in the morning or 4 in the morning. Mm. And we'll get there. And hopefully you know find a subject and sometimes you know we get there too early and you get a big bear walk across a field in front of you you take a couple of shots and you know there you know there's no good you know they're no good but you just document it that yeah. you know hey I did see one you know then <laughs> and um, we'll ride the because uh, the two places I go for bears and stuff is are um, National Wildlife Refuge. You know, and they're they're huge places. So you just, you know, ride the roads and, you know, find a spot, sit and wait, you know, depending on what crops are there. Like the corn, the corn here right now, a lot of it's over six foot tall. You know, so you got to catch the bear coming in or going out of the the cornfields. And every place in the NWRs, they all got big, uh, like canals between the roads. In the fields, so you can't get the fields. So what you got to do is you, we, they're slides, you know, just like an alligator uses a slide to get down into mm-hmm. the, the water. Well, the bears do too. That's their path. You know, they just, they take that same way, you know, and you just set up by one and hopefully you're not too close. <laughs> <laughs> but you could usually, you could usually hear them. And uh, thankfully, I've had a couple of counters with bears One was my own fault. You know, I was uh, photographing a bear behind a tree. It was behind a tree. And uh, like I say, it was a big canal between us. And um, his hind end was behind a tree. And I'm like, talk to him. Come on, come on, Chunky. Get your (laughs) big butt out from behind that tree, you know. Well, the first thing a bear will do is start chomping. You know, that's a warning. You could hear them, their teeth chomping, you know, they'll, they'll chomp. You know, and then to do a mock charge. You know, I didn't know about the mock charge. I knew about the chomping. He did a mock charge on me. <laughs> My buddy still laughs about it because I like, it's like <laughs> ran right on yeah. the other side of the truck, got in the truck. He's laughing. And I'm like, well, I learned that one, but wow. I mean, we were probably, I was probably only. Psh, 30 feet from him. I mean, he, you know, but he would have to go, you know, jump down in the canal, swim across it, you know, and stuff. But,
0: you know. Oh, that is, that's, that, that's, a, that's scary, but that's exciting too. And I mean, in a way, that's kind of why you're out there, right? You're having an experience yeah. and that's part of, that's part of your, you, the observer becomes a part of the environment, you know? Mm-hmm. And you, do you, Do you try to hide yourself? Do you wear any camouflage? I I
1: wear camouflage all the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have a a blind, a two-man blind that I'll set up once in a while at uh, the Eagle Ponds and stuff. But at the uh, NWRs, you can't, you know. So a lot of that's done. You know, you find something, you got to, you know, sit sit and wait, you know, or walk walk the trails and stuff. And it's a lot of work. Like I say, a lot of time, we're there from sun up to sundown. And then you're at another five hours onto that for travel. So it's nothing for me to be gone 16, 18 hours, you know, and come home with a dozen good images or something, you know. And, but you, you never know. You know, you just, you have to, you have to really look. I mean, people like I see these people driving down the roads and they're looking, and you're looking in the fields, and I'm like, I just roll my eyes. It's like, look up in the trees. If it's hot out, bears are up in the trees sleeping. You know, you'll see the cubs up there sleeping. You know, and stuff, and that's the cutest shots when you see those cubs. But I tell you what, don't don't get between them and mama. Yeah. That's, she that's don't, what I hear. She don't play. They <laughs> do not play. I've seen. Um, most people don't know that um, the the male bear, the boars, if the the females got, you know, once the male bo- the male bear, he doesn't want nothing to do with the mother, unless it's in season, you know. Mm-hmm. And if she's got cubs, he'll he'll take the cubs out to get to her and i've seen i've seen the females go after the males man and oh my god it's it's a racket <laughs> you know I was like oh man it's Whew. it's deadly
0: i could imagine she, it's a lot of weight yeah the only time i ever and I, this is a question i was going to ask which is the intersection between nature and man and whether or not that's something is that something that you are either interested or shy away from because my experience with bears is the only time I ever saw bears in the wild. I've seen one or two out in um, the mountains in upstate New York in the Catskills. I saw a bear once that was kind of far away. We were on a main road though. But the one time I saw a lot of bears is. We were, oh gosh, I can't remember. I think we were in Maine. I think we are mm-hmm. in Maine and we went to a garbage dump and people <laughs> yeah. would gather. We were not the only ones there. There were 50 some odd people there and the mm-hmm. garbage dump would had like a line, you know, don't, go past this line and you could kind of, and I remember it was almost like a little cliff, like looking down on it and you Mm -hmm. could see the bears would just come in through the far and like just get whatever they could from the dump. Do you, do you try, do you ever, or have you ever thought about that? The kind of intersection of man and nature where, or do you try to find nature more where, I mean, even though like you're saying you, you, I guess you are doing it with with the ponds where the eagles are yeah, and stuff. I, you know, I
1: go to I go to where their natural habitat and food sources. I don't believe in there are some photographers who would bait them.
0: Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah. I don't
1: I don't believe in that at all. I actually stopped following a guy on YouTube. He was in. Um, I think it was Denmark, really good photographer too. But I seen him with the, there's winter time, you know, and colder, it was like probably five below and he was getting these owls, you know, owls to come out in this field. And I'm like, what is he doing? was like, there's, there's no way this owl's hunt at this time of the day and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, to come to find out he was buying like um, mice freezing them and then bringing them out there and tossing them out. in the Uh, Okay. And I'm like, come on, man, that is, that is not right. I mean, first off, it's not right to the bird, you know, because you're getting them trained to get like a a handout instead of hunting for the food. Yeah. And who knows, you know, if there's any chemicals or anything in that mouse, you know, especially if you bought it from a pet store did they shoot it up with stuff to make them look better or, you know, have a better coat or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and uh, one of the places I go, there's a big Facebook group right now that, you know, they're like, they're like, save our bears. Cause they're worried about some of the, the farmers are getting so much um, crop damage that uh, they're worried they're going to let um, hunters in there. Then another person put that uh, somebody. Somebody was out there baiting them, you know, get them close, get the the bears in closer. I'm like, that's it's just not right, wow. you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: I can see that's, and it's not only. Um, I mean, you have the actual real world ramifications, but I guess in the spirit of the community and of what you're doing and trying to kind of show people how beautiful nature is and how they too can appreciate it. It kind of goes against that spirit, you know, and like the ethos of that in many Mm -hmm. ways. So how do you keep up to date with your equipment techniques? I hear you talking a lot about watching YouTube and stuff like that. Is that a way to do it to just kind of keep up with the community taking, do you take more classes? What kind of stuff do you do to keep, keep the uh, knife sharp?
1: I belong to a, a photography club here where I live, and I'm actually the, this year the president. Last year I was a vice president, and we have uh, monthly meetings, but we have monthly workshops too. So every month we're like doing different trainings and stuff on different different types of photography and stuff. And to like that uh, Scott Kelby, he was here in Raleigh. Um, well, it's got to be over two years ago because of COVID, and I took a, one of his uh, Lightroom slash Photoshop classes and stuff. And anytime there's like a, a good webinar, I see that's going to be mm-hmm. on the uh, internet that you know I can get into and learn something. I'll do that. And there's always there's always something new. I mean, you got to keep you got to keep up to date on stuff. There's so many new tricks and. Um, editing and stuff to make your workflow faster because that people don't realize you know, you could go out there all day and shoot these photographs, so but you're going to spend a lot of time behind that computer, too. Yeah, you know, unless you got somebody else editing them, then you're going to have time, you know, putting them on. You know, the old interweb, you know, wherever you want them, you know, your website or showing them people and stuff. Then you're, then you're spending time trying to sell them, like, people and stuff. So it's, I mean, sometimes I feel lucky if I can get out twice in one week. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it's just a lot of ongoing, uh, schooling. You just got to, you know, keep your eyes and ears open.
0: Definitely. You know,
1: it's because when you think you know it all, you may as well hang it up because you don't. You know, you're just, you just gave yourself a a block where you're not going to learn anything. And like I say, with these, with these cameras nowadays, they're computers is what they are. And, I didn't grow up with computers. I grew up, you know, swinging a hammer and stuff. I could read a blueprint and stuff, but I got it. When it comes to doing my computer work, you know, when I'm typing up my blog, I'm that guy that pecks and hunts. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it drives my Me wife too. mad, but yeah, she's not doing it, so I'm doing it. You know,
0: yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, I was saying before um, before we got on, I just recently kind of got back a little bit into photography. And as I mentioned earlier, I've been building Lego creations that I eventually want to um, put on Lego ideas, which is where they can actually make it into a set. But I really oh, – cool. en- re- yeah, it's, it's awesome. I really enjoy doing it not just for the play aspect but the art and the engineering and stuff like that. And really what is it, what it's about is it's crazy – for a lot of people, you think, okay, Lego, you're going to go buy a set or something. But for a crazy person like me, there's, like, websites dedicated to, like, every piece. Because in order for me to say, I want to build i uh, – I'm building a telescope currently. I want to build a Lego telescope. Well – if I don't know all the different pieces that fit this way or that way, or which is round, or they, I'm uh, limiting myself. So, as you're saying, anything that you do, you have to keep educating yourself. And the internet is amazing because there are so many niche people that come out and make, you know, <laughs> and follow oh, stuff yeah. like this, you know, and you find people who are kind of like a part of your crew. Mm -hmm. And I, and I got a light box recently. I got just for like from Amazon for like a hundred bucks. I wanted to shoot everything outside because like Mm -hmm. you, I love nature. So I was taking my Lego and like going and shooting it on my front lawn or putting it in a tree or something. And unfortunately that's not appealing to the general audience of people who look at this stuff. They want to see something that's completely well lit and so I had to kind of – I'm now using my phone. So I'm in the process of trying to think of maybe purchasing a small camera or even if there's an app for my phone that I can use the potential of it better, you know, get more out of it as far as white balance and all this kind of stuff, oh, you know.
1: Do what what um – do you have an iPhone?
0: Yeah, I have a... I, I think it's, like, not the newest one, but the one before. But, yeah, it was just my friend who's a photographer told me to download this app. It's called VSCO or something of that nature. I can't remember. I'm trying to I figure it
1: heard out. Heard <laughs> but uh, there's so many so many things. I had the, um, the 12, and... Um, you know, you got the portrait mode. Yeah. And there's a um a mode on there too where well the twelve has two different lenses on there and stuff. You got right. a wide angle, then yeah. you do the close, you could
0: I don't have that sit. one.
1: Yeah, you can sit there and you can, like get up close and stuff. It's it's cool. There's a whole like that uh Scott Kelby I was talking about. He was just having a class on uh using your iPhone to shoot stuff. Because his wife um you know shoots with her iPhone like, oh my gosh, there's some of these images. And he, he gets jealous. Like I say, he's a professional <laughs> and he gets jealous of these yeah. images his wife makes with the it's, iPhone.
0: Tom, it's really crazy because it's the same thing where I'll watch um a documentary or mostly I see, like, you see behind the scenes in reality shows on TV these days, they like to break the fourth wall so you see the cameraman, you know, Mm -hmm. when the drama's happening. And they've got these huge cameras, the same cameras that they had in, like, the 90s or, like, the early 2000s. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I don't understand why because – Literally it looks like it was shot on an iPhone. And <laughs> they could all just have iPhones with lenses on them and they'd get just as good and high quality raw. You can load a program onto the iPhone that allows for raw image and you know deep files and it's it really is amazing. So that's something have you I want to ask kind of wrap things up but I wanted to ask you this question. I'm an older person. You're a little older than me. Not too much, but a little older. <laughs> did you ever find where you think it's way more complicated, but actually some of the th- things you're like, this looks great, like with your iPhone and, and things of that. Like, aren't, mm-hmm. even though you're out there shooting nature, you're using like a highly sophisticated digital camera.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, it's... Sometimes it could be, you know, frustrating. You know, you'd be like, damn, why did, you say, why did I bring this thing out here, you know, when I could be using my iPhone? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, but, but then, well, with all the technology, though, you know, like you were talking about the iPhones, you know, the, the RAW, I think they call it H E I C. Mm-hmm. Cause anytime, a lot of times I'll take, um, like on my blog, you see some of the pictures I'll do of like my desktop or of my camera stuff. I'll take it with my cell phone, you know. Then I go to put it on my blog, and I'll say, eh, that that file is not, you know, yeah. we don't accept that file." So then I got to take it to Lightroom <laughs> and change it into a JPEG. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I didn't even have to. Do any you know. I just got to change it to a JPEG, yeah, so I could use it, you know? yeah. even it's so funny. it's the same bang picture. You know, I just got to change it. And-
0: some things are so much easier, but sometimes the song remains the same, and it's just like it gets a little complicated. Um, yeah. so I, one last question for you if you had some advice for you know, hey, say I say to you, and I'm starting out with the photography. What kind of advice do you have in general, just people who want to take good pictures?
1: Well, the first thing is don't get caught up into gear acquisition. You know, just don't go out and buy a bunch of gear and say, I'm going to learn it. Learn, I always say the best camera you have, the best camera that there is is the one that you have on you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's your cell phone, if that's your only camera or your a camera, but, um, educate yourself. Like I say, you know, if you're looking to buy a new camera, um, if you got a local camera shop, it's good go actually put that camera in your hands, look at it, feel it, you know, talk to the salesperson about it, go home, do some research on it and, uh, try not to buy it online. Try to buy it from the camera, your local camera store. You know, because yeah. they they'll support you too. You know, you do you buy off them, they'll help you with the education and stuff. Um, take your time. Don't don't get a camera and figure. Okay, I'm gonna right off the bat, I'm gonna be a pro. It don't work that way. I mean, when I first got uh, my first digital, my first I came came with a kit. There's nothing wrong with kit lenses to start out too, you know. But I put one on, got in the backyard and, you know, changed my settings, you know, my aperture, my shutter speed, and, you know, I shoot in manual, you know, so I adjust everything. But if you have to, you know, if you can't figure stuff out, put it in auto. Um, both my cameras I use right now are professional models, so they only have, you know, you only got four four choices. Yeah. Your uh you could put it in shutter speed where you check your shutter speed and the camera tells you the aperture and um, the ISO. Um, the aperture where you pick the aperture um, manual, which I shoot in. And did I say shutter speed? Yeah. Okay. Others. Well, now I got to thank
0: myself. <laughs> <laughs> but they keep, they it's I understand what you're saying the professional cameras you I mean I always said too when I taught video production classes I would always say to someone, "Hey, when you're starting out, if you need to do auto, that's fine. You're starting out, you're learning. You're not going to yeah. be Steven Spielberg the first time." But mm-hmm. guess what? Challenge yourself. Go out one day and say, "Today, I'm going to set the white balance when I cha- mm-hmm. go into a different room. Today, I'm going to choose the shutter speed. I'm not, you know, today I'm going right. to make a choice, see how it works out, and assume that it's going to look terrible." Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would and- always say too. Your first hundred videos, you're going to hate them. Then you're going to make a hundred and one, and you're going to be like, "Did I actually make that?" Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's I'm a amazing. superstar now. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, right?
1: But you know what's good about auto? If, you know, you get stuck and you get you put it on auto and the camera does all the thinking, and, you know, you get the image and you look at it like, oh, cool. But hit the info button. It'll tell you what shutter Definitely. speed you were and yep. everything. Good. And put that up here in your head and remember that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's like, I still do myself... Um, I carry a little black book. I write down like places like, okay, this, this farm, you know, like the address and how to get, you know, or how to get there. I see, <clears throat> seen a bar, bear there, an owl or something, you know, it's like, okay, find out who owns this uh, you know, get permission to go on a property, you know, and um, events, <clears throat> like you're saying, shoot events. That's the hardest thing to shoot, man. I mean wild wildlife's uh walk in the park. <laughs> you know, I shoot um I shoot a lot of plays too. You got yeah. a local um theater. I
0: did that too. I loved it. Yeah.
1: And like, oh my god, you get to watch the play for free.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know. Well, it's during their, their practice before they you know, they start It's their final, you know, practice, whatever. But you know, the lighting, all the different lighting changes and stuff. Yes. You, know, <laughs> you know, you gotta think, you know, I really think. And that's why I say, muscle yeah. member. You gotta, that's why that camera sits next to me. You know, it's like I'm sitting here watching something on YouTube or something. I'll pick up the camera. I'll see one of the cats walking across the room. I just swing around, you know, and I won't take his picture, but I'll sit there and I'll watch my, you know, yeah, my, I yep. was, uh, now I'm tongue tied. Um, Your video. Yeah, I'll I'll sit there and watch all my histogram and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. see what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, make sure I got it right and stuff. But, you know, but it's, um,
0: yeah, that's another thing is
1: you gotta, gotta have fun, you know, when you get it, you know, when you first start, have fun, because if it turns into work, you ain't going to like it. And, um, and another thing, too, is, like, if you don't have a zoom lens, remember, you got two feet, hopefully. <laughs> you could either, if you could safely get closer, you could get closer. Or if you got to move back, you know, use your, use your feet and your body to zoom, you know, and, you know, and. Um, Be practical. Join a, if you got a local camera club, you know, because most camera cru- clubs. Um, like I say, they, they work together and have these different, uh, you know, things, different types of photography like this. I have a meeting that we got a meeting every fourth Monday of the month, you know, in this month, the topic's going to be, uh, food photography. And the following Saturday, we're going to have a workshop where we're photographing food. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's different, but. Um, I did one earlier this year was abstract. It's like, Oh my God. You know what? (laughs) I had fun. (laughs) Uh, There's always, and like, um, last week I took, um, I'm doing this, um, this little thing Justin and I are doing together. We're kind of working together on this little project, and he's doing these uh, audio recordings, you know. So I took him out to this wetlands that I go to not far from here, and he's never been out there and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, he's setting up his uh, audio recorder and stuff, and I'm sitting behind him, and, you know, uh, we're sitting behind, and we're just listening and stuff. And he goes, you know, you don't – he goes, you don't need to go off. He goes, no, I go <clears> – <throat> I sit here, I go, once I find a spot, I just sit, and I'll wait. I'll wait about an hour to see, you know, if something will come in and stuff. I said this is their home. You know, I'll get myself in a position where they can't see me. And, uh, oh, as as we're talking, they were doing some uh, work on the, uh, the power lines, and it's all swampy there, so they had to bring in these big... Um, they were like eight by tens, and they were like big old bolts through them to make like a roadway, you know. So they had them all stacked up, and we were sitting on that, you know. And you probably seen a picture on Facebook, yeah. The dragonfly on that, the end of that blue, yeah. And that thing was only, and I was using my D five hundred with the two hundred to five hundred on there, and I think the closest I could focus on there is like twelve inches away, and this thing was probably about three foot away, you know, and I. I get a picture, you know, and make a couple images of it and stuff. And Justin goes, how'd you see that? I go, I go, because I look, I watch. I go, that's what I sit. I sit there and I just list, listen and watch. Yeah. You know, you see something that's, you know, a different color or looks out of place. You know, then you just, and sometimes that's what's good about having a long uh, zoom lens. You could almost use it as um Binoculars, you know well, to, you know what I was thinking it,
0: it makes me think when you were saying earlier the best uh camera you have is the one on you when I used to say something I'm telling you have you ever taught classes on photography you should teach a class you should teach classes on it you should do your own workshop at your photography
1: I, just um I've done them at, through our club, you know, yeah. since I'm the president, I got to do a lot of the presentations and yeah,
0: stuff. Yeah, so cr- teaching is so great, but I used to say something very similar, but my answer would be these, your own yeah. two eyes, because uh, mm-hmm. be- what I used to do is I would sit places, and since I grew up in New Jersey and New York, there's a lot of great people watching. You know, mm-hmm. this is something I had to explain to my son. I, he he said, we we're watching some show and there are people sitting in New York looking at the street, you know, outside a window. And he's like, why are they sitting looking at the street? I don't get it, you know, because he's like, there's no yeah. beautiful mountain or something here in Oregon, you know, mm-hmm. there's no nature. I was like, because they're watching people, Lachlan. This is your mom and I used to just sit for hours and have drinks and just watch people and guess you know, where they were going or what they were doing, right. you know. Um That's and, what I'd
1: like like doing in, uh, I'd go to Vegas for work,
0: you yeah, know. Yeah, there you go.
1: And go to sit in one of the, the bars that, you know, right off on the strip <laughs> there was up above. You were about, where you were sitting was about um, the top of their heads, you know. And you're yeah. like looking down at the people and just saying, you know, thinking, oh, Oh, they're from the West Coast. Oh, they're from the East Coast. You know, oh, <laughs> yeah. if you if you heard them talking, you know, yeah. you could kind of figure out, you know,
0: they're where fighting they're from. or yeah, they're getting married. Oh no, they're not. They're that's that's <laughs> yeah. his daughter. Oh my God. Um, yeah. But I would, you know, what I would tr- what I would practice doing, is just kind of I would pretend I was in like some weird sci-fi movie, and I close my eyes and I'd open them, and they'd be the camera, and I would move oh, my yeah. head. <laughs> And I would walk as though I was the camera and I was taking the photo and I was going like this. And what I found that did is train me when I had the camera to do exactly what you're saying, which is just pay attention. Mm-hmm. Be paying attention all the time. Be, yeah. um, And I have long been uh, studying Buddhism and meditating and things of that nature. I feel like it's the same kind of thing. And I find that in your work too. The idea I have always wanted to hunt. I've never hunted. Um, I've not been a really around hunting. Like I said, I grew up in New Jersey in the suburbs. Um, not a lot of hunting in union County, New Jersey, <clears throat> unless you're hunting the mafia or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then unless there's they're a lot hunting of you. <laughs> yeah, unless they're hunting you. Exactly. Unless it's Tony Soprano. Um, yeah. But, uh, I just see that connection to that of um, sitting and waiting and being in nature and having a respect for it. So I think it's kind of a really interesting evolution that you came from hunting to photography because I think a lot of people think of hunting as killing animals, but I don't really – I don't know, even though I didn't grow up with it, I don't see it that way. I actually think that people who hunt and the people that I have come to know who are hunters and who eat the animal, they they use more of an animal and respect an animal way more yep. than a guy who goes down to 7-11 to buy a hot dog. Yep. You know, they yes. you don't know where that hot dog came from. You're not thinking of no. you didn't feel that die. You don't have that on your, you know, mind and your your heart. But this person who went out to shoot the animal does it. And then to make that transition to the photography, I think it's very natural. It's beautiful. This has been a great opportunity to sit and talk to you uh, for a while about this. I want everybody to make sure that they go out, check out T.E. Santini Photography on Instagram. I'm going to have a link in the show notes. Check out BeyondTheTripod.com. Is there any final words you want to leave us with,
1: Tom? Just have fun. Respect if respect other people and respect the environment and the animals. You know, like they, remember they're they're wild animals. Don't don't try to catch them. Don't try to touch them. You know, let them be. Don't. <laughs> if you see him walking down a path or something, you move, you know, yeah. be safe and have fun. I, love I mean, it. that's what it's about. You know, having, having fun, you know, enjoying, enjoying nature because who knows, you know, it's like with all the pollution and stuff, you know, some animals you may never see again, you know, yeah. you go extinct, you know, be by these tro- trophy hunters or poachers or something, you know, so well I just I just enjoy it. It's like I have fun, you know. It's like I say if it turns into work, you know, that's when you lose interest. Definitely. You know. So but I mean and learn, you know, watch watch videos, listen listen to podcasts. I mean, I listen to God, I can't even tell you how many podcasts I listen to. I cut. It takes me. We have over half an acre here. Takes me a little over an hour to cut my grass. So I listen to a podcast or two while I'm cutting the grass. And then when I go outside to barbecue, I um, I cook everything low and slow. So <laughs> I got I got four podcasts I listen to regularly that are fifteen minutes each, and so. As soon as I got the meat on, I turn on the one podcast. <laughs> and as soon as he's done, I get up, I flip the meat, eating and so learning. I need look at a watch.
0: There you go. I love it. All right, that's the final. That that is the lesson of today. Have fun, cook it low and slow, <laughs> yeah. take photos and enjoy. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Um, everybody, once again, check out T E Santini Photography on Instagram and beyondthetripod.com. dot com. We will be back, I think, next week. I'm going to have Andy come on, and we're going to talk about our Marvel Cinematic Universe bracket that we had on the Facebook page. I've been talking to Abe about getting um, The Witcher. Together, we're going to be covering The Witcher. I'm even contemplating perhaps even covering Survivor this year. So if you have a show that you think is a good one, Hit me up with it, but I've got plans, and I want to do more of these shows, too, where I just get on and chat with interesting people. Thanks again, Tom. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the show notes so you can check out Tom's amazing work. Peace out, everybody. Take
1: care. Thank you. I really appreciate it.